All right, welcome out everyone to the Dual Threat Podcast. We are so excited for what we have to come today. It is currently January 6th. We are going into January 7th. We are doing one of these late night podcasts. Over the wavelengths, we have Scott Gill Scooter repping the wedge golf hat. How are you feeling, man? What's going on? I am. I'm repping the wedge golf hat. I'm getting sleepy. It's Friday night. We got back into uh, the swing of things with the full work week again. You back in the real world, gearing up for 2022. So I'm, I, I've got these bags under my eyes, but I'm, I'm still geared up to talk football. Yeah, you're still geared up. Good. I know. Uh, uh, my wife and I have COVID, so if you hear me coughing, sneezing, whatever it may be, just disregard it. I'm, I'm fighting through it. I'm doing it for the team. I'm doing it for the squad. Here I am, right now. Here we go. You and the whole 49ers defensive back room have, have coded. <laughs> I, I know I, I knew I was going to jinx them, but you got to stay away from them apparently because they probably gave it to you at some point. Are you, are, do you know if you've got – we've probably made too much fun of Omicron too. Is that what you get? You got? You know, I don't know. I was down in, in the Bay Area this last weekend. I was hanging out <laughs> with some of the guys. I just figured I'd be okay. So <laughs> – I maybe it just comes back to bite me after hanging out with the boys being with the dudes out there you know I mean I guess it's worth it maybe you could pry some info out of Kyle Shanahan for the rest of the NFL well I was actually really trying to work up a deal between him and Belichick you know I was really trying to ease ease it in but we'll see we'll see what we can get out of it I don't know we'll see how we how we do this offseason but good luck good luck (laughs) thanks let's move on to last week's recap scooter um, there was quite a few things that happened in the NFL. Obviously, a lot of the seating has changed in the playoff pictures. Um, even some spots have been taken up, and a lot of teams are now out of playoff contention. Uh, one of the biggest things in my in my sight is the Bengals clinched the North by beating the Chiefs on a field goal. Evan McPherson, the rookie kicker, got him the win. Pretty awesome. Good for the Bengals. Um, as we all know, Antonio Brown left the NFL in great fashion. Obviously criticizing Tom Brady today, criticizing Bruce Arians yesterday, just really great, right? Like, what's up with that? Always a good plan to to definitely throw shade at Tom Brady. That especially the guy who like he like took him in as like a homeless person essentially like two years ago, didn't he? He let him stay at his house while he was playing for the Patriots. And, well, and while he was playing at the Bucks. He lived with him in the Bucks too? Both, yeah. How insane is oh that? Gosh, this when he guy. when he first moved to Tampa Bay, he lived with Tom Brady. How, I oh I don't know. Word. I, that's more of a questionable judgment on Tom Brady's part, in my opinion. Knowing yeah. what we know about Antonio Brown. <laughs> well, he could be right. Who knows? We'll wait and see what the verdict is on that. <laughs> right. Don't judge a book by its cover, even if the cover is like a a three year long list of offenses. Well, those are the pages. Don't co- don't judge a book oh. by its pages. Don't, or, <laughs> yeah, don't don't judge a book by its contents. True. Just wait till after. Exactly. Until you read the, the 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 epilogue, or watch the movie. Okay. Judge it there off its go. movie. All right, I like that. I like okay, that. good. the The next couple things we have is Big Ben fought through so many injuries in his last game in Pittsburgh. Got the win. Good for our guy, Big Ben. Really, just. So awesome. He he wouldn't even take his helmet off after the game. It was awesome watching him walk around the field. Uh, the the Cardinals inched a win out versus emotional. The it was an emotional game. All right. It was. He I think we said he would be the only one crying. I think he was the only one crying, but I don't know. 
<laughs> there were probably like a few Steelers fans in the in the crowd maybe that were crying just because it's it's totally an end of an era. Like as much as all jokes aside, it's an end of an era. Lose Ben Roethlisberger. He's he has been just a comedy. He's been comedy central for the NFL the last few years. He's been good for the rest of the NFL the last couple of years. So yeah, we've really loved him. Totally. Good. Well, uh, the, the other two things I have is the Cardinals inched out a win against the Cowboys as we were down on them thinking they couldn't get a win. And then the Packers ended up clinching the number one seed in the NFC. Pretty big things. It was a pretty big week. Obviously we have some stuff that we're going to talk about a little bit later with the current playoff picture, but do you have any other news that happened this last week, Scooter? No, I mean, you covered the biggest news, me and just our boy, just flying off into the sunset. He's got one more game this week to circle the wagons, rally the troops, hope they can get a – it's weird to think that there's now all of a sudden going to be like a meaningless game played between the Ravens and the Steelers in January because like the past 15 years, like whenever they have played, it's always been – like those are just like top-tier teams for the past – as long as we've been alive yeah even last year i mean the steelers were what 10 and 0 11 and 0 um before they got a loss last year so pretty insane speaking of big ben why don't we move on to our mvps of the week i won this week the first week since like week three that i won you clowned me this week i i you just boat raced me well it wasn't that big you've definitely beat me by a lot lot more but uh still the way you just put on a stellar performance to to close out the season i'm worried you might go 16-0 this week that was the point i was just trying to build up to 16-0 on the last week there you go you went 13-3 i went 10-6 right yep exactly so for my mvp of the week i went with our guy big ben roethlisberger (laughs) one last show he put on an absolute clinic i think he went 40 of 52 passes for about 86 yards it was just an incredible <laughs> show I don't know the exact stat line but he had a ton of completions not many yards it was it was awesome it was just so emotional seeing him walk around I loved after the game he did his interview with his helmet on because he didn't want to start crying <clears throat> it's the last time I'll ever give Big Ben the MVP award probably a first and a last but I'm giving it to him I want to see his, you know how they have those charts for quarterbacks of where they've thrown on the field, like for the game. Yeah. Like depth of target. Charts. Yes. Or depths of targets in what direction Roethlisberger was just, he was just painting a picture around the, the, the line of scrimmage to about five yards out, man. He just painted just this beautiful, just mosaic of, of dots. I'm sure that would just be that, that could probably go for, it should be in like Italy somewhere in some museum. or france it might be in france i don't know yeah yeah wherever big ben's wherever he he feels more inclined to put it wherever he he feels his home but it it was it was quite a disgusting game to watch (laughs) i'm glad i'm glad something good came from it him being your mvp oh yeah great great mvp by me i really loved the pick why don't you give us your pick now i'm gonna go with joe burrow Again, as the MVP, another AFC North quarterback. He absolutely balled out again. Just, just, I don't have his exact stat line pulled up, but took down the Chiefs, the Bengals, put, put the Bengals in a spot to win their first playoff game in 31 years by getting a huge win. 
they finally win the AFC North in a, in a division that's been so competitive for the last, uh, just as we were talking about just a minute ago, a couple decades, it's been a while since I feel like the Bengals have had a chance of like separating themselves. And this, we, when they, like at week seven, when they were like at the top of the division or whatever, or at the top of the conference, and we were just kind of like, enjoy it now. Like, hopefully, uh, hopefully uh, you enjoy it while it lasts. Turns out they Bengals fans had a lot more to enjoy in the last two weeks for Joe Burrow. Just been, just been magical. So, shout out Cincinnati. Shout out Urban Meyer. Really, once he, oh no, you know, after he left <laughs> Cleveland, he really left a good chuck, a, a good luck charm in in Cincinnati. They've been hot ever since. It's true. They all thanks to Urban Meyer. You're right. It all leads back to him. It all does. Oh, what a what a wild. What a wild time. How about your game of the week, Scooter? Who did you have in your game of the week? I'm sticking in Cincinnati. I went with the Bengals-Chiefs game as well because that game was tons of things going on. Jamar Chase just went absolutely bizarre. He had he had a game that was almost as good as uh, the game before, the Ohio State wide receiver. Um, the, just the day before, he tried to do his best impression. Um, but I, I – loved that game probably the most there was tons of craziness at the end where like the chiefs kept getting penalties and like the it just it just had just you know i you know i look for drama that's what i care about my game of the week you are a drama guy you do like that drama yeah nfl is reality tv i i love it the Bengals getting a win against the chiefs knocking the chiefs out of first place the Bengals securing a playoff spot so it doesn't have to come down to the last week awesome great pick I went with a game that most people probably won't pick. I actually didn't get to watch a lot of the game, but like seeing the highlights, I loved it. Seeing just like what the game meant for some of these people. I went with Buccaneers versus Jets. Interesting enough, Buccaneers first ever regular season win in in, uh, MetLife, I think. Uh, I can't remember if they beat the Giants, but they've never beat the Jets in the regular season. Um, so that's that, uh, Zach Wilson put on a show, another no interception game. Oh yeah. Super awesome. He's really looking like the future and he shares the same birthday with Tom Brady and they had a great embrace after the game. And I loved seeing that. Do you think they talked about their birthdays? Oh yeah. He said, I hope you have a happy birthday on whatever birthday (laughs) your day is. Even though it's the same day. Yeah. I, I didn't get to watch much of that either, but I did see that the, the Jets, they bamboozled us. They fooled us into thinking that that was actually going to happen because the Bucks now are down to, they're basically down to the Saints wide receiver. Remember that before the season, we were talking about how the Saints should just go out and sign Chad Ochocinco and all those guys. Randy Moss. Yeah. the but I mean, the Bucks might as well too. They might as well join the, join the crew and just go out, get Marquise Colston again, <laughs> Heinz Ward, you know, oh, any, yeah. a, anybody that you can think of, just call call somebody up uh oh who's the other guy i was just thinking chris collinsworth chris collinsworth you'd bring chris collinsworth sure, out of the why booth? not he's been around the game <laughs> yeah he's he, he knows he's, what he's an doing. x's and o's guy oh yeah oh yeah so anyway the bucks they are just they're just riddled right now with injuries and and drama so it's it'll getting be worrisome. An, it's getting it'll worrisome be an interesting in playoffs bay. for them in tampa yeah. bay yep yeah All right, well, let me finish off with Rookie of the Week. I bet we have the same Rookie of the Week. I bet this is a two-time thing that's happened. Yep. Jamar Chase? I went with the Triple Crown, Cincinnati all the way. Yep. 
Yeah. So Jamar Chase, how could you not pick him? I mean, what did he have? He had almost 300 yards, three touchdowns. Absolutely insane. Just insane. You know, I gave Daniel Sorensen that, what was it, meme of the year or something like that award? Or yeah, something like that. Yeah, you gave him well, something. What was the award? It was it was because he turned his season around, and then man, everything just got reverted back to normal. It was like they flipped the switch again, and Daniel Sorensen forgot how to defend anymore. So <laughs> rough. The Bengals. Here's what I'm gonna have to say: the Bengals kind of look like what the Chiefs did like two or three years ago. Young quarterback on a rookie contract, lots of weapons. So they, they can kind of build around him. It's kind yeah. of interesting. The The Bengals are kind of scary looking forward to the future. I like their defense more, though, at the same time. Oh, interesting thoughts I don't like there. Their, I don't like their quarterback as much. Okay. And, they don't, and, they, and CJ Uzoma, as much as we like him on DraftKings, he's no Travis Kelsey. <laughs> no, he's not as big of a weapon as Kelsey. They, no, no, but no. But they've got Higgins and they've got Boyds. They've got a lot of, a lot of great guys that broken throw to, but – he is running for his life about 50% of the snaps. So they really do. The whole thing was like before the year is, do they pick Jamar Chase? Do they pick Penny Sewell? I mean, they're, they're Bengals fans are definitely happy that they picked Jamar Chase. I'm sure despite how good Sewell will be eventually um, they should not pick a wide receiver again. This, no, this next year. So let's just tight end, tight yeah. end. This year. Yeah, tight, go tight end for sure. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That rounds out our awards. You have a quick statistical corner here for us, Scott. Uh, let's hear what you have for the statistical corner. Then we'll then we'll run to our current playoff picture and then take a break. Well, since we were just talking about picks, I just wanted to to give a little rundown on the teams we have been we have been ride or die about because we talked about it a couple weeks in the past. Maybe what we speculated, what we thought. Um, we the teams we picked the wrong the most turns out the team i picked the wrong the most this year is drum roll please it's the buffalo bills i picked wrong the most turns out i actually picked them 16 times to win this year and i think that's uh actually product just more of their schedule they had a pretty bad schedule and i i did probably just overrate them for most of the year but yeah i picked them 16 times um got them wrong six times the team you picked the most was the raiders probably it was not the raiders Ooh. it was aside from the patriots oh aside from the patriots yeah it wasn't from the, the raiders patriots. no it was not the raiders you um, did pick the raiders 11 times to win and this is just total picks right oh yeah this isn't how many times you got them wrong packers you picked the rams the most oh the rams okay yeah i can see why i did that Four, yeah 14 14 times you picked the rams uh, uh, probably a good call as well i think i picked them quite a bit let me see what I, how many times i picked them let's see i picked the rams 15 times so there okay. you go yeah that's, that's so, pretty good the team you got wrong the most Meaning this is the team that you picked, um, like out of times you picked them, this many times you got them wrong, was the Vikings. You picked Ooh. them seven times, getting them wrong seven times. So, wow. Actually, I, I, I misworded that. You picked them 11 times, you got them wrong seven times. Interesting. So, yeah. You know, I went back and looked at all the times you picked the Bills. Yes. 
the first time you didn't take the Bills was week 16 against the Patriots. Versus the Patriots. And it was just because I was like, I finally need to get off the Bills train. And then, of course, <laughs> they win. Of course, they win. Of course. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. <laughs> I, I also did pick the Chiefs 16 times as well. So you can't say I didn't – you can't say I was a Chiefs doubter at any point. All right, people? Turns out, I mean, I essentially just went with – I mean – I picked the Bills 16 times. I picked the Chiefs 16 times. I picked the Rams 15, the Bucks, Cowboys, and Packers all 14. So I was riding the favorites. Yeah, you were you were the, making smart picks the whole time. That's I was riding bad. the favorites. You know, you know, at this point, so my record is 168 and 88 right now. You're That's just 140, 146 and 110. I think we'd be making money, betting money line. Uh, ooh, yeah. <laughs> I have, I have, that might have to be my next analysis. But anyway. I have one more thing that before you move on, if you're moving on. No, no. Yeah. Guess the game that you did not pick the Chiefs. There's one game you didn't pick the Chiefs, right? Guess that game. Oh, man, it should have been last week because I was cl- so close to picking the Bengals too. The game I didn't pick the Chiefs. Was it the Ravens game? Nope. Wasn't the Ravens game, but it was early in the season. It was week five. Was it Chargers? bills the bills of course <laughs> should have known should have known and they did they did what the bills looked great in that game the bills did win so the one time you didn't take the chiefs you took the bills good choice wow man chiefs haven't been letting me down other than last week that's great interesting interesting yeah. stuff any any other teams you were wondering about of, of you of you picking uh, ooh um how about like how many times did I ride the Lions? Because uh, it's probably four times more than I should have. You, you, let's see. Okay, so you picked the Lions a total of three times. Oh, that's three times too many. You got them wrong three times. <laughs> <laughs> how about, let, let me see me as well. I picked the Lions three times. Let's see how many times I got them wrong. Three, three times. times. <laughs> <laughs> okay i have one more team i want to look at before we move on yeah. to the uh yeah. the standings yeah one last team okay oh i want to know every single team the browns okay let's see in here because you've got Cle- so you've got cleveland four times browns four times so i'm gonna say you picked them eight times okay and you got them wrong three times so oh five and three a pleasant surprise you did pretty good on that I thought I would be about 0 and 8 with the Browns. So me, me, not so much. The Browns were tied with the Bills for the team I got wrong picking the most. Oh, nice. Good yeah. choices. Good choices yeah. there. I love that. Both six times. So, and the Chargers, you know, I, I slammed, we slammed it. That was a, a running theme for us um, all year long, was us just, we couldn't quit the Chargers. I personally picked them wrong five times. You picked them wrong four times. So, ooh. They were top in the list. They weren't quite the worst team for both of us. So maybe we gave them, we, we, we slammed them too much. I think it's because we jumped off the wagon. They, they were just like hurting our feelings so much that we, they didn't slide under the radar. So anyway, yep. they, they, we got them off. We got off the wagon. Yep. So we still, we're still, we're still going into a uh, week 18. So things could change here. You never know. I'm excited. I really love that. I love seeing who I take. I'll want to get a full in-depth list. I'll have to have you send me the full in-depth list of my picks. Will do. Um, Which 
which I know is hard to, to read because sometimes I put Cleveland, sometimes I put Brown, sometimes I put the land, sometimes, sometimes I you put, put the dog pound. The dog pound. Yeah. You never knew what I was coming up sometimes with. Sometimes you put Baker's Palace. No, never would oh, I have okay. put Baker's <laughs> Palace. No, nope, nope. nope. Okay. I'm out on that. Okay. Never mind. Stefanski land. Nope. Okay. Out. Well, thanks for digging in for that into that, yeah. Scott. That's awesome. Let's jump into the current playoff picture uh, and then we'll head to a quick break. So stick with us here. We're going to jump to the AFC to start the number one seed, Tennessee Titans. Somehow they've got here. Derrick Henry will be returning for the playoffs. I don't know how they're the one seed. It's just insane. Are we even like excited about them being the one seed? I am just not like it's, it's it is hard for me to be excited thinking they'll get a buy. I am excited. But, but props to them. Yeah, props to them. I'm excited because they've they haven't been so great after Derrick Henry's left. I think they're like five and three, and they've played like the Jaguars and Texans twice in that time. And the 49ers. And the 49ers. Yep, barely beat the 49ers. But uh um they will get Derrick Henry back. I'm excited to see how Derrick Henry will do off of his injury because I really want the best for him. I really like Derrick Henry as most of us do. So I'm excited for that. Um, the, the current standings as they are, the chiefs are the two seed. They actually have the same record as the Titans, but they would face the seven seed currently who are the chargers really interesting AFC West matchup. Let's move on to the three versus six. That's the Bengals versus Colts. And then the four versus five would be the bills bills versus versus Patriots. Wow. That was hard to say anything kind of shocking to you there. What are your kind of thoughts as the current standings? I just need things to, sh- to shake up a little bit. I, I don't want to watch the Chiefs. I mean, great. I think I'd rather watch the Chiefs and Chargers play again more than the Bills and Patriots play again. But I, let, let, let's just get like Chiefs, Chiefs, Patriots, Bills, Chargers. Like those matchups excite me a lot more than watching teams play for three straight times in the end. You know? <laughs> so those are I'm, my thoughts. I love this. I, one interesting fact note from a New England guy here. The Patriots still could end in the one seat if everybody in front of them lost. True. Could happen. Could happen. Possible. Never say never. Never say never. There are a couple of bubble teams uh, that I want to talk about real quick in the AFC. The Raiders can get in um, with a win versus the Chargers or a Colts loss and a tie with the Chargers. Keep that in mm. mind. Um, the Steelers can get in with a Colts loss and a Chargers or Raiders loss and they get a win. And the Ravens can get in still. It's a very long shot, but they need everybody in front of them up to the Colts to get a loss and them a win. So so that Chargers Raiders game, that's the game right where they can both just literally kneel the entire time and tie the game and both get in no matter what, right? If the Colts lose. If the Colts lose, so which the 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 Chargers and Raiders, I want the records record straight. They play, they're the last game of the entire week, last game of the season. So with the Colts lose, we need that to happen. It's got to happen. I would love to see that, actually. I don't think they would do it because they're divisional opponents. If it was like the Chargers versus the Eagles, I could totally see it. Uh, It's just random. Like, we just want to be in. Just get me in. Yep, exactly. Please. I, I don't know. Honestly, it would be one of the funniest things if they moved that game into prime time and then it just ended up being 80 straight kneels. It would be legendary. It would go down or, in history. Or like 79 straight, and then they just do a fake kneel at the end of the game, throw a touchdown, throw a bomb. <laughs> just, oh, my gosh. That would be... 
to get the Steelers into the playoffs. Oh my goodness. Wow, we just wrote NFL fanfic right there. We got to watch out. That's too good. Let's move on to the NFC. The Packers locked in the number one seed. No surprise. As we move on, we have the two seed Rams who are going against the seven seed Eagles who are also locked in three seed Bucks versus the six seed 49ers and then the four seed Cowboys versus the five seed Cardinals. Let me just talk about the bubble team. There is only one bubble team and they need some Mm -hmm. things to happen. They need a 49ers loss and for them to win against the Falcons to get in. Um, the Saints, who knows? So it's it's really the Saints or the Niners are going to be in the playoffs. What are some of your thoughts about the NFC here, Scott? Well, other than my thoughts that it's bogus that the 49ers wouldn't get in and the Eagles did, even though they could have the same record and the 49ers beat them. Uh, other than that, no bitter thoughts for me at all, you know. The, the thing about that bubble team is the Saints are currently four and a half point favorites over the Falcons. The Rams are currently the same amount of favorite over the 49ers. So the math <laughs> is telling me the Saints will probably be the one getting in over the 49ers, which makes me want to uh, click the little red exit button on this podcast right now, personally. But I, I think if like things shake out, the, the weird thing about it is I think what I could see happening is a ton of shakeout with, with those teams two through six, essentially. Like, I don't think any of those matchups will stick. I think there's like a, I think the um, 538 um, website had the 49ers bucks matchup as like a 2% chance um, of actually even happening. Like I think there's only one, um, one circumstance. If everything goes right, that's the only, way out of like 10 different ways it would go so wow that's insane so even though like that's the matchups right now like there's still a ton to change obviously i've been studying playoff scenarios quite a bit in the nfc and probably for nothing because there's going to be all sorts of random things that happen this week and you have no idea what to expect so it's moving day in the nfl it's the final moving day of the year it is so stay tuned, see who gets in, see if your team does make it into the playoffs as, as we all are hoping for, for our own teams, Scott, before we head on to, to making a couple of picks and doing a 2001 or 2021, 2022 season in review, let's go to a quick break. When we come break, we'll get to those things. All right. Welcome back from that quick break, Scott. There's two games I want to talk about here. The first game is an AFC West matchup, the chargers versus the Raiders. This is a game that, like we mentioned earlier, could be very well deciding. If the Colts get a win against the Jaguars, which will probably happen, one of these teams can win and get in. Mm. Who do you have? What are some of your thoughts about this game? You know, we were talking about the scenario where they could both kneel, and I totally forgot that the Colts play the Jaguars. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely will not be seeing any kneeling happening. Um. The thing I love about this game is, I mean, so the, the Chargers beat the Raiders pretty handily earlier this year. Both both passing offenses are still very potent, in my, in my opinion, and I don't really believe in either of the defenses at all. The Raiders have shown flashes. We know the Chargers have a lot of great players, um, but for some reason, like, I don't trust either of the defenses in this game, and I feel like this will be a game where, we, we should see a shootout to potentially decide 
that last playoff team getting in, in the AFC. And in a shootout, I'm going to take Justin Herbert personally, and I'm going to take the the core weapons that he has. I, I don't I don't know what Darren Waller's status is. I feel like I haven't for the last six weeks or so. He might be an X factor for the Raiders if he can actually play. Um, but you know, you just I, I think it, it's he's a big question mark. I think he was limited in practice still this week too. So they could really use him though if they want to get in. You make some really great points and you make me want to move off the Raiders, but I've got to do it. One last ride. I've got to go down with the ship. I've got to go down with the ship. I'm going to go down with the Raiders. Uh, I I want to point out their point differential is minus 68 on the season, which is (laughs) not good, not good at all. And they are a potential playoff team. Um, In comparison, the Patriots who aren't very good offensively are plus 168 and uh the tennessee titans are plus 62 that's really not that great either as the one seed but negative minus 68 just really not good if Derek carr wasn't their quarterback i think they would probably be down in the houston jacksonville new york jets type category right now just because of how bad their team is yeah i'm giving Derek carr one last ride man i really do feel like herbert will probably win this one I love Herbert, but I just want to, I want to go down with the ship this year. I want to end in fashion. Yeah, he might, I mean, you might as well. We, we both, and you know, I need to give him credit because I thought they wouldn't even sniff the playoffs or get even close to the beginning of the season. And somehow they're still in the hunt. They were in the hunt all year long. So good on them. Good. They survived the John Gruden disaster. They survived the Henry Ruggs disaster. And, you know, it's, you, you, this is why you, you this is why you play the game they still got a chance this is exactly why you play the game so i it's it's going to be an interesting game i'm excited to see well the colts will probably win but if the colts win it could potentially leave the door open for the steelers would the chargers or raiders try to win to to let a weaker team in well it would be interesting Wait, to see so so say the colts lose yep does that mean the the winner of this game gets in and the Steelers get in if the Steelers win yep oh my gosh that's gotta happen or if this if the Ravens beat the Steelers at that point and one of these two teams win and not end in a tie the Ravens would actually get in if the Colts lost okay how wild is that wow that's just man I can't believe it. Just, it doesn't feel like we usually get to the season and there's this many opportunities for teams to get in. Usually it's like the NFC where you've like, there's one thing needs to happen and maybe one team can, can snag a last playoff spot, but the AFC has been crazy this year from the very jump. Yeah. It's been wild. Let's finish off our, our last game of the season of the regular season. Your NFC West expert. This is a big game. Niners versus Rams. You. I'm deferring to you. I refuse to. I decline. I decline to pick this one. Uh, well, I haven't been on the injury report to check out what's going on on the injury report. Matt Stafford might let the Niners in if it means that he doesn't have to play them. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe he does one of those moves where it's like, oh, maybe they could be like this team that I don't want to face, but I don't want to face them in the second round. So maybe I could lose if like, just depending on how things look, but the Rams look a lot better, especially with the Niners having COVID issues in the in the secondary. Yeah. So here's, so here's the thing is you, you bring up the point of Stafford, maybe not wanting to play him. 
if the if the most likely scenario if the if the 49ers win this game is that they would play the Rams again in the in the first round of the wild card. Oh, so it's probably <laughs> it's probably better for the Rams to just step on their neck right now. The 49ers they have won this game uh, the past five meetings um, for whatever reason. I don't know if it's Sean McVay, the little brother, Kyle Shanahan. He just can't figure him out. It seems like Kyle Shanahan taught Sean McVay all these like immaculate, intricate schemes, but he like withheld just a few important snippets of information from him. And that's why he's got the upper hand in these matchups. I don't know if it's the Rams defensive philosophy, um, but the 49ers have played the Rams as good. Like they, I have, I have had as much confidence playing the Rams as I have just about any other team in the NFL. And that's saying something because the Rams have been really good the last few years. So my personal feeling is though the thumb of Jimmy Garoppolo causes me major concern. And that is because I feel like he will probably not be a hundred percent yet. He will still feel the need to play. And that will finally come back to haunt the 49ers. This, this huge quarterback controversy they've had all year long of, of wanting to get Trey Lance in, wanting to still get him time, but also wanting to stick with Jimmy Garoppolo, kind of just the back and forth. It now finally caught up to him where Kyle Shanahan's stubbornness of needing to still play the veteran overplaying the rookie that had a pretty good second half this past week. Um, it's finally going to be the death of the season be poetic let okay i i see that and so you're saying probably a rams win that's what you're yes. saying okay yeah. i i agree there let me put something out into the universe i don't it probably hasn't been talked about much in in the in the world of sports but kyle shanahan has a connection with somebody in atlanta that's matt ryan <laughs> matt ryan facing the saints maybe matt ryan gives kyle shanahan one last ride here <laughs> I think there's some bitterness between Matt Ryan and Kyle Shanahan for uh, Shanahan leaving Matt Ryan in the cold. But I, I would love, you know what? I, there's nothing I would love more than Atlanta come to come through and help us out, even if the Rams do just stomp on us completely. Um, I don't have any faith in it <laughs> personally. So, especially after having to watch Atlanta play us this uh, a couple weeks ago. So even though I don't like the saints could be another game we could talk about saints will roll out Taysom Hill. I'm not really sure what to expect from that game at all, but I just know Sean Payton's a great coach. He's, he, he's going to find a way to, to give him a chance to get in. If he can, you know, I actually just went and flipped from, I had new Orleans in my picks this week. I just went and flipped to Atlanta. I did it. Wow. I wow. convinced myself. I don't know how I did it. If we, you know what, if we limp into the playoffs based on Atlanta win, I'll take it. I'll send some flowers to Matt Ryan's door tonight. Oh, well, let's wait until uh, they get the win before until you send actually, the flowers. Until right, yep. it actually happens. But sure. once it happens, we'll send some to, to Matt Ryan. We'll get you on that. We'll get you sending okay. some flowers. Okay, I'll have to get his address here soon. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't see it happening. So I, I'd love to. I'd love to be surprised. Well, okay. We'll wait and see. This, is, this is why you play the games. Yeah. Sounds like we're both riding Rams. Both, both riding Rams. Okay. So we're both riding Rams, Chargers, Raiders. We're split on that one. 
Yeah. So, so those are the only two big games that we're going to talk about this week. But what we wanted to do to finish out the, the regular season, I, we kind of wanted to do like a season in review. So kind of have these headlines that were talked about throughout the off season and even into the season and, and just kind of bring back all the memories that we had with, with what was going on. The first thing I had. The good uh, and the bad. The good and the bad. Really, yeah. it really is. Um, but the first thing we had here was the Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson sagas. Do you remember how much time was being talked about with these guys? How long the Aaron Rodgers saga dragged out? It was just, it was kind of wild. It kind of felt like a drama. Uh, what do you call those drama shows? Soap, uh, a soap, soap opera type thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally, totally. And it's uh, you mentioned Watson, Deshaun Watson as well. It's crazy to think how we've figured out so much about Rogers future and we literally know nothing about Sean Watson's future still at all. Other than it, there probably isn't a future. At this yeah. point. So Rogers. And of course, like we have all of that. And then now he's the favorite to win the MVP surprisingly. So should have known. known. Yeah. Should have known. There will be more about Rogers later on when we get to the in season stuff. But Another thing that happened, there's there's a few things on this offseason that were just kind of wild. Dak got a mega deal, like an absolutely insane amount of money for Dak Prescott, who I didn't see as a top five quarterback in the league, but just kind of shocking, man. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just probably product of the Cowboys. They need they think they got their guy, whether they should pay him that much money or not. Probably not, but you kind of got to keep him around just because he's what you've got. So yeah, he, he he's looked he's looked like a top five quarterback, and he's also really not the, the last few weeks of the season at least. So we'll see if he lives up to that contract and can take him take him deep in the playoffs this year. To start the season, I thought I was going to be eating my words about Dak getting a mega yeah. deal. I yeah. I really did, but now it's kind of looking like, oh man, like yeah, he's he's a little bit wishy washy. Speaking of a wishy-washy quarterback, uh, the Rams traded away Jared Goff to the Lions and got Stafford in return. That was just this last offseason. That felt like three offseasons ago for me. I don't know why that felt so long ago. I, I'm sure it feels like th- three years for Jared Goff now being in play <laughs> already as well. So, and, and Matt Stafford, he has enough pick sixes this year alone probably for three years. So who's to say there's there's still the verdicts out on that trade and and i don't think anybody has the rams really as a super bowl favorite obviously i think they've they've looked a lot better at times than they did with goth but it's crazy that it's going to be a while till we find out really who wins that trade yeah oh definitely and and we thought mcveigh would kind of be this super guy with stafford once he we're always saying McVay, once he gets the right quarterback, he's going to be the best ever. And, and it just hasn't yeah. happened yet. He's still learning with Stafford. So interesting. Uh, there, there were Anything, three... it's Cooper Cup that has looked like the, the, the guy that's, that's benefited the most from it. How lucky is Stafford to have played with Cooper Cup and Megatron? I think you're asking the wrong. I think you're you should be asking how lucky they are to play with staff oh that's right that's right sorry i missed that up i missed that one up yeah yeah for real man come on so interesting in the draft we saw this was a pretty wide receiver talent uh heavy talent class you know we saw a heisman winning wide receiver 
Jalen Waddle, who was probably the Heisman favorite before he got injured that year. Jamar Chase, uh, Kadarius Toney, Rashad Bateman. There were quite a few great uh, or potentially great wide receivers in this class. And in this great class of wide receivers, we saw three quarterbacks go in the top three. Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and Trey Lance. That That's just crazy to me. I loved this draft. It was a ton of awesome players, but it's just wild that to think that it went Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and Trey Lance. I, the I always three worst quarterbacks of the class. No. <laughs> no, I always just pictured Justin Fields being that number two pick and Zach Wilson being the three pick. It, no matter what was being talked about, that's always just seemed like how it would play out in my mind. Yeah, it, it's it's crazy to think where we have come from that draft night in April, where it, there has been already so many opinions made about each of those just straight like young men still they have still have tons of tons of time in front of them and yet so many like the 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 gavel's been like struck on so many of their uh their careers according to some people but it just just good reminder like these guys should have a while in the league before we can write them off or even claim them as uh or proclaim that they're the best you know so yeah you got to give these guys time it's true Got to give him time. Let's get, do two more off-season things, and then we'll jump into the, the regular season. Tim Tebow made a comeback at tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars along with Urban Meyer. And it was cut before the season started. And then the NFL changed the jersey rules so that there could be different numbers for different positions. And I've loved that rule. I don't know how you feel about it. I haven't talked to you much about it, but I love that rule. I, I like it besides when I see like a just defensive tackle wearing like the number three. And I'm just so thrown off by it. Like that, just something about it, like good on him living out their dreams as a little guy, but like the single digit numbers on like a human that's like 10 feet wide is just shocking visually still to me. I, in our uh, draft that we did for uh, last year, when we did the draft and everything, and then we did a Madden game for it. I had all of my offensive linemen be like 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. And then Trevor Lawrence was number 69. And it just looks so odd. Oh my gosh. I had no idea. Trevor Lawrence looked like he was 400 pounds. He was wearing (laughs) a number in the sixties. Like it seriously, then the, what a number does, I don't know what the, the science is behind it, but a number can make someone look just ginormous. It can make them look so fast, like single digit numbers make, guys look fast yes i don't know what it's about it i love it it's yeah. awesome yeah it is it is so i love the rule that's change. why that's why the big guys wear it you know they're, they're trying to look make it look like their their 40 yard dash time is like a four five not a seven six you know? so, <laughs> exactly exactly let's move to some in-season headlines uh aaron Rodgers started the season throwing two interceptions and lost to the three and lost 38 to three to the saints thrown two interceptions since brady inch past the uh past bill belichick and the patriots in week four um kind of wild and the cardinals started the year seven and oh can you believe what kind of year the cardinals had on paper and then to where they are now you know being 11 and five potentially not uh well they're gonna make the playoffs but not being like a heavy favorite for the playoffs at the time they were a heavy favorite it's the Cliff Kingsbury experience, I guess. I was I was as 
as aboard a train as you could have been with the, the Cardinals earlier this year. And they've let me down. That's for sure. So I still think they can make noise in the playoffs, um, especially because they just got JJ Watt back today, apparently. So, I, but I, I don't, I don't ever feel confident. Now nah, they, they, they burned me too many times in the regular season. Yeah. Very interesting. Hopefully Watt totally. comes back healthy, but a couple of more things here. Uh, top backs like McCaffrey, Derrick Henry was actually injured, but they missed big chunks of the season. And then top four backs, including Alvin Kamara and Cook, really didn't do like a ton of stuff that we expected them to do. Kamara was injured a bit. Cook was injured off and on, you know. But really, they there wasn't like a clear top back this year, in my opinion. Um May, oh, Jonathan Taylor, but outside, of, <laughs> I guess Jonathan Taylor, but uh, outside of him, yeah, I, I forgot about Jonathan Taylor, to be honest. But after him, there wasn't like a clear, like number one guy or number two guy at that point. No, I'd say that the probably that you could make an argument for like a few guys like Joe Mixon, maybe mm-hmm. in Cincinnati, which is surprising. DeAndre Swift had his moments in, in Detroit quite a bit, but no, it's, it's weird that like, the last couple of years have still been like we we there was still an argument that like some running backs do matter and then the resounding like that that argument kind of got shattered a little bit more because each of those four guys now have huge contracts and they really didn't do anything for their teams this year just because of injuries like injuries had a lot to do with it and that's just product of being a running back man it just it just stinks for some of those guys i really is it joe mixon would joe mixon really be the second best running back maybe cordero patterson cordero patterson would actually be up there for me he wears number 84 out of the backfield which is freaking awesome i I I love seeing that so chubb i'm I'm forgetting chubb and austin eckler both had great years too so i don't really know i mean the, to, to hammer the point home about how good Jonathan Taylor is, he he had more yards after contact than any other rusher in the league had just any yards. So, like, he had 1,700, 1,734 total yards this year rushing the ball. He had, like, 1,300 yards that came after contact. Wow. Joe Mixon is the next best rusher. He had 1,200. So, yeah, Jonathan Taylor – just freaking lapped the field didn't derrick henry and well currently isn't he like fourth or fifth in the rushing race still yeah, and he missed like seven weeks or eight weeks or something he he's sixth so he still had he had 937 yards he still averaged the most yards per game of any back but yeah he he probably could have gone for 2000 again if he wanted to just because the titans they, they'd run the guy 50 times a game if they wanted to Oh yeah. Even so, if even on his broken foot or whatever he had that last <laughs> game he played. I, I don't know how he ran like what was it 33 times in his last game on yes. a broken foot? Yes. <laughs> yes. And he got hurt like after the fourth carry. And then they're like, Oh, here's you go, Derek. You want to have 29 more carries? Oh, gotta love it. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Gotta love the will behind wonder, Derek Henry. Yeah, wonder why he missed freaking nine weeks of the year. Yep. Uh, there's, there's a few more things. The Manning started their own uh, broadcast, which is kind of interesting. I didn't, I only watched one of them because I, I actually liked tuning into a lot of the games and couldn't pay attention and focus, but I know it got mm. rave reviews. A lot of people loved it. It's very interesting diving into their minds. Um, Ryan Scala ended up winning our fantasy uh, football league, which 
at the beginning of the year, no one thought would happen. Ryan himself even was like, Hey, I'll trade you my first round pick for like your first this year, your first next year. It's going to be the number one overall pick. So we're going to have to have Ryan on and kind of talk us through some of his, uh, his, his thoughts there. Yep. Yeah, his, his strategy. His, and his, and his strategy was just the best draft the two best players in the NFL and fantasy, which I don't know why we didn't think of. That would have been smart of us. I'll do that next year. That's what I'll yeah. do next year. That's true. That's a good idea. We should both do that. Yep. We'll, we'll have to do it. We'll have to get him on and, and have him talk a little bit. He'll probably want to talk hockey, but we'll talk to him a little bit. <laughs> um, and, and the last two things, Antonio Brown walks out mid game, pieces out the NFL kind of wild. And then lastly, the MVP race at times it was like kind of close, but there was like no clear winner up until maybe last week. It's almost like the offensive rookie of the year debate, like where it's like seems like nobody anytime someone was pronounced the favorite, it was like, oh, never mind, I don't want it. Like I, I don't let give it to that guy instead. Dude. It's like at, at times it was like at the beginning of the year, it was like, okay, it's gonna be Josh Allen or probably maybe Kyler Murray, because the Cardinals mm-hmm. are streaking. And then it's like, oh well, never mind. Both of those guys, their teams are struggling. So it's probably let's give it to Brady because he's having a crazy year too. And then Brady falls off. And now it's like, well, Rogers, his team's the best and he's had another great year. So I guess we can give it to him. Yep, so, and yep. he, and he hasn't really given it away. So that's probably the thought process behind why he'll win it. And yes. I'm over here just leading the Jonathan trailer, just wagon. <laughs> You're leading that wagon. Yeah. yeah I'm I, driving I, his flow in the parade. I love it. Somebody's got to drive it. Let's talk about offensive rookie of the year. I I have Rodgers as my MVP just from, you know, the only four interceptions, 38 touchdowns. That's insane. After two interceptions week one, but offensive rookie of the year, I do agree. Jamar Jackson or Jamar chase at this point should probably win it. It's just insane to me that Mac Jones was the favorite. And then his team went and put a 50 piece McNugget on a team the Jaguars, <laughs> which the Bills lost to six to nine. So True. it's hard to score on them, obviously. True. True. And, and Mac Jones went and put a 50 piece McNugget on them and then gets knocked off. Kind of wild. Super, super weird. I still think that Jones is the favorite, <laughs> right? I think last I checked, Jamar Chase had jumped to be the favorite, but maybe Jones has moved back because maybe people were just on the hype train. They were. They were a little blinded from the whole season and just looked at that one game because I think to I looked fair, Monday. To be fair, Jamar Chase put a 50-piece McNugget himself on the, the Chiefs who are a bit, a bit more stout. I don't know. I, the, the thing about Jones is he's a, he's a product of, an, of his environment, mm-hmm. and I don't think Jones was the reason the Patriots turned the season around. I, I can no. make an argument for Jones that Davis Mills – the way he's been playing for the Texans recently, maybe could have gone into that system and done similar things. So like, I think Jones is a perfect fit for the Patriots as well, but I also don't think like what he did was spectacular and worthy of a rookie of the year um, in a normal year. But this year, I don't, there weren't like Jamar Chase, he struggled during the middle of the year as well. So it's hard. It's hard for me to want to give it to him too. You, the same type of thing where you say uh, Mac Jones is a product of the system. You can say Jamar Chase too. a West Coast offense, throws the ball a lot, has has a very good repertoire with his quarterback and, and actually a really good player as well. Quarterback. It's yeah, different it is with the quarterback. It is totally, totally. 
But, so their odds are currently Mac Jones is tied. Oh no, Jamar Chase has passed him in, in odds. You're right. That's what I saw on Monday. It could have changed, you know, it could have flip-flopped, but yeah, that's that's pretty surprising. I, I could go with the Jalen Waddle train too. That guy man. <laughs> draft he, he by DraftKings wallet thanks him. I I, me. I would probably go with Penny Sewell still. So uh <laughs> <laughs> I would go with my third overall pick in the Bonner show draft, Christian Barmore, Patriot, before I'd go <laughs> Mac Jones. I love it. Yeah. Christian Barmore, uh, defensive rookie of the year, beating out Mark Micah Parsons. You heard it here first, people. Totally. Totally. So that's that's kind of all we had for the week in review or the season in review. Do you have much else that you can remember, Scott? Anything else that really comes to mind that was big? You summed it up pretty perfectly other than like people freaking out. And the, what I'm going to remember this year for is the meltdown uh, about the chiefs that the media seemed to have, um, which was just bizarre because it's just not like then it, what makes the NFL great and why I'm, I'm constantly glued to it is there there's no league that's harder to predict for me yeah. um, in any sport. Like, the things like the Jaguars beating the Bills nine to six. I just the the Jets hanging with the the Bucks this whole week. Like it it doesn't make it it makes me feel really stupid, and yet somehow I enjoy it. So the Chiefs like the like I, what I was meant to say was the 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 Chiefs. They're at least one thing I think I know pretty well. Like that they're going to be good as long as they've got Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Yeah, that's that's pretty true. One thing about the NFL, just like what you were talking about, is the level of competition is all like fairly equal. Like the difference between the number one QB and like the number three QB on most teams is like very little difference. But it's just so awesome. And that's what makes the NFL so awesome is just that close level of competition. And you're not getting these huge variances like like you see in the NBA sometimes where you have LeBron, Anthony Davis, or LeBron, Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, all these guys all on one team. You're, you're yeah. kind of getting a, a, an even playing field, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, the difference between Tom Brady and Blaine Gabbert is probably pretty vast, but yeah, <laughs> that's about it. And, and I, I, it's just it's the hardest league to um, build the team, I feel mm-hmm. like, just because there's so many moving parts to it, so why we love it that's why we talk about it so much it's awesome thank you all for sticking around this whole season before we end the podcast we're going to talk college sports a little bit i have some some stuff i want to talk about um alabama versus georgia in the football championship obviously we we all could have seen that one coming we none of us wanted it we all could have seen it coming so no surprises there right it was just a train that would could not be stopped I mean, spider-man couldn't stop that thing yeah nobody could stop that I do want to talk about the game of the year, Utah versus Ohio State. Yes. Um, best game of the season in college football for me, no doubt. And I was, I was rooting for Utah. You know how I felt about it. I felt that Ohio State was going to win, but I was rooting for Utah. But C.J. Stroud honestly might be the best pure QB I have seen from Ohio State. He has beautiful touch on the ball, amazingly smart decisions that you see week in and week out. And he's a great leader of this team. He's always hyping his, his uh, players up, even on the sidelines. He's talking to people, vetting things out. 
extremely, extremely mature for his age. I love CJ Stroud. He's probably going to be a future NFL product, but this game was just electric all around. His job, I mean, he made incredible throws, like a lot of the um, corner end zone touchdown throws he had were the one that Marvin Harrison Jr. Can we just talk about like how he might have like the best life of any college quarterback I've ever seen. He has his top two quarterbacks. They don't even, they're top two wide receivers. They don't even play because they're both going to be first round draft picks most likely. And he just gets to bring in one of the best wide receivers sons of all time. Marvin Harrison <laughs> Jr. Just comes in. I didn't even know he was on Ohio state. I, he just comes, he just comes just moseying in off the bench and catches just these insane passes. They've got Jackson Smith and Jingba. He sets like the bowl game record for most receiving yards in a game ever. He, he looked good at times in the year. And then I think he set, didn't he set the Ohio state wide receiver like receiving yards record or even the big 10 receiving yard record for a season because of that game? Uh, I don't know about that. I know it was a bowl record and a Rose bowl first half points record. I don't know if he set that big 10 receiving yards record. Let me look because look he, that one up. he did pass both Olave and Wilson this year. Their top two receivers in yards because I mean, he had 346 yards or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, game. so, let me look what if I can find the stats on it. I want to shout Stroud, out Utah. Stroud, 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 you're right. Stroud looked incredible, and and Utah delivered the great game too. Utah, awesome game. They had so many things go on. I don't know if you know this, but one of their running backs actually played corner for the whole game, Micah Bernard. Um, he was actually that, a running that, back. That makes some sense. That makes a little bit of sense there. Yep. So he was kind of the one that gave up the 347 yards, but he did awesome. He actually did really well for just a guy that had never played, hadn't played cornerback all year, might've played in high school, but just got thrown in there, played really well. Um, well, as well as he could at that point, uh, great quarterback play. They had uh, oh, freak. His name's escaping me right now. Uh, oh, oh Charlie my God. Brewer. No, not Charlie Brewer. Oh, that's the only name that was. Well, it's Cameron Rising. Yeah, Cam Rising. Bryson was the only name popping in my head. Cam Rising played an awesome game, and then he actually got injured in the fourth quarter. A kid from Millard, Utah, came in. His name's Bryson something. Um, and Shout out to him. He was. He's a. a his brother is a patient of Emily's at her uh, physical oh. therapy office. So we were rooting hard. We were rooting hard for him, and he delivered. Yeah, he scored a touchdown, really kept him in the game. But just with everything going on, both of these teams played awesome. And it was so great to see just awesome, awesome, awesome game all around. It definitely delivered on the after the snooze fests of the games that were Friday, um, uh, I guess a week ago today. But yeah, the that game was it, there were like five touchdowns in a span of three minutes at one point, which is just we love the NFL, but that, that kind of stuff just never happens in the NFL, which is what makes college football so much fun to watch. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's all I have. I wanted to talk about Utah versus Ohio State for college sports. Do you have anything else for college sports before we wrap up? We're officially getting into Saturday. We are we are there, Saturday the 8th. Close. We don't, we're 10 minutes away, according to my clock. But um, – Jackson Smith Jingba to follow up on his record. 
he now holds the school record for receiving yards in the seat. Oh, wow. Seems shocking to me because I'm trying to think of the other wide receiver, Ohio State wide receivers in history. And there's a lot of good ones. Yes, there are a ton of good ones. Earl Pryor. Quarterback. (laughs) Oh, wide receiver. Anyway. Anyway, um, we've already talked a lot, but college hoops ramping up now. So I'm geared up to talk about them whenever we can, but I won't bore the listeners now. But conference play starting. The uh, the Big Ten has – I was making a list before the podcast of, of some of my favorite players in college basketball so far to watch. And I'm no big Big Ten truther, but five of the six names I came up with were from the Big Ten. So watch some hoops when you get some time. There will be a lot of ranked games coming out soon. It'll be awesome. Where was my boy Oscar Chibway on your uh, list there? Was he like three? He's he's not three. He, he had probably a three in his ranking, maybe like 13 or like 33 or something like that. But wow, that's a lot lower than I thought he would be. Dang he's it. he's, car- he's carrying Kentucky, but they still have a lot of a lot of issues as well. So he that dude, he's just a glass eater. He oh. really is. He's just straight up glass eater, but I, he's not doing enough other things for me just quite yet. Mr. Double Double, you got to get if you can watch some Kentucky games just for Oscar Chibway worth just it watch well a worth guy it. put up 10 points and 25 boards in the game that he's your guy yeah he's awesome he's he's, he's way fun so it's true we are geared up we're excited for college sports but more importantly i'm excited for the nfl for the playoffs to start make sure you get out go have some fun this week root on your favorite team as it could be the last week to root on your favorite team or could be one of the best weeks to root on your favorite team so get out and root on your team do you have any closing remarks before we head out, Scooter? Oh, man. It's too – No, I, I know I did, but it's escaping me now at this point, the wee hours of the night. Okay, I've you, got one. You give yours and maybe I'll – maybe mine will come to me. Where do you think mine's coming from? What sport? I know it's – I know it's – you're, you're going to shout out Ryan Smith, Ryan. <laughs> yep, Ryan Smith. Ryan Smith and a, and a and group. And Dwayne Wade. And, yep. Ryan Smith and, and a group bought the Real Salt Lake team here in Utah. Awesome. Super excited for that. I, I'm excited for what he has to come. He also, they're also part owners in the Utah Jazz. And the guy he, who we also partnered with is part owner in the Philadelphia 76ers, I think, as well. So that's one of my shout outs. I also want to shout out Pickleball. It was 50 degrees here in Utah today in, in our city, and people were out playing Pickleball. So shout out pickleball just in general. Nice. You love it. You love to see it. But I mean, pickleball, it's never going to die, I don't think. And it just <laughs> makes me wish that I could go out and golf right now in 50 degree weather as well. That's what I was wishing. Yeah, it's too oh. bad because the, the PGA Tour season started again or whatever, and they're playing in Kapalua this week. And it looks, looks so awesome. Looks pretty dang nice. That's yeah. all I'll say. So. Well, good. Anyway, ready for, I'm excited for golf being back too. Yep. Okay. Well, that wraps up our regular season. Thank you all for listening throughout the season. We'll be catching you in the playoffs. We'll catch you next time. See ya.